Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. You're listening to The Real Down, sponsored by Catch Photo Release Tournaments. This is your premier tournament source. Here are your hosts, Sam Jones and Dan Perry. All right, welcome back. Welcome back to The Real Down on the Paddle and Fin Network. Uh, we've got some crazy times going on right now. Uh, you know, we're recording this on Monday the 30th, I believe it is. And the, uh, so we always post it on Friday. And obviously there's a lot going on in our world right now. But we'll try to keep this light and, and have some fun, give you something to, to take your mind off of all the all the bad things that are going on in the world right now. And hopefully all y'all are staying safe. So with us tonight, we have two of the guys from Kayak Anglers of Florida. We have Mr. Randy Newton, the owner and founder, and Nicholas Beltran, social media, cameraman, director, all all around nice guy. So welcome to the show, guys. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, anytime. And my co-host, Sam, he couldn't be on tonight. Obviously, with everything going on, it, uh, hey, he had some stuff going on that prevented him from being here. So. Uh, thank y'all for being on the show, and and I'm I'm ready to just talk about some Florida fishing. Uh, you know, I, a lot of the places that y'all fish on your tour, we've talked before this, and and I, I just I love your area. I love fishing down there, so it's it's fun for me just getting to talk about something that I love. So it's a good deal. Well, we so, definitely love we definitely love talking about Florida, so and we love the fishes, so it just goes hand in hand. There you yeah. go. Well, let's start out, Randy. How did you get into kayak fishing? I got into kayak fishing, uh, this would be now seven years ago, with Heroes on the Water. I saw a video online that um, sparked my interest. Myself being a veteran, uh, it kind of went hand in hand. Uh, I was dealing with a little bit of problems in my life, but um, I met my amazing wife 12 years ago, and we were going through transitions, and I was going through um, work transitions and heroes in the water happened to come across a video screen and i watched the video got really really um intrigued by it bought my very first kayak which was an ascend which is i think everybody's first kayak and immediately jumped on board as a volunteer for the the local chapter down here and then after that got the opportunity to become the area coordinator for heroes on the water for the east coast and that just, that dumped me full-fledged into kayak fishing. 
not only that, but helping our brothers and sisters in the military at that time and really being able to get to fish a lot of amazing places, meet up with tons of amazing people and fish. And I really got um, immersed into the kayak fishing world of volunteerism. So then um, after that, I got the opportunity of kind of starting my own business where I then became a guide. I took everything that I learned from Heroes on the Water and everything that we did and created my own business down here as a guide service, SoFlo KBF, where I, I did really well. I mean, I took about 300 tours in one year um, of individuals that went out and just really got to be more personable, uh, learning more about the areas, uh, teaching individuals, uh, taking them out on the water, getting them out there, just ha showing them a good time, providing everything they needed. So all they had to do is just show up and then through all of those things, a club was kind of formed. And it started out as SoFlo KBF, and then it, it merged where it was not just a local club. It merged into the state club, which is now the Kayak Anglers of Florida, which is what it is today. And now we have a trail, and um, we have a couple guys that's come on board. Nicholas is one of them. He's, he's been with us, been with me for quite some time, and um, got to bring him on board to uh, work with us and He's now doing social media. He's doing. He's got a big presence in that, and he's he's really helping us out a lot. And so we got two other guys that help out. That's Will. He's basically our tournament director. He's more into the into the, the trail, and I'm more of into like the mentoring and growing what we have out Florida in Florida to grow bigger um, and take it to the next step. So that's how I kind of got involved in it. So I started with the Nissan. Um, I went to a wilderness actually a fill-free, then I went to a wilderness, and I ended up in my, my mother load, which happens to be that Hobie right there. And um, that's where I am now. And I would, no, no offense to the name guys, but I wouldn't go, I wouldn't change anything, so. Which, which Hobie is it, the 14? That is the PA-12. 12. 12. Yeah. And it, well, the, the 12, it doesn't have the new 360, right? No, they, I, they I, still, I still have the, I have the 2015 that has a 180 drive in it, and um, okay. it was an upgraded purchase that I managed to get from somebody, which was really awesome. And that that's that happened to have the, the new 180 in it instead of a regular standard pedal, so that was a huge upgrade for me. So that was nice. Cool. All right, Nicholas, how about you? All right, man. So uh, pretty much uh, I've been fishing all my life, bank fishing. I, uh, you know, raised here in South Florida, fishing the canals, fishing uh, local lakes around, you know, with my father uh, growing up, just doing that. And uh, recently uh, got involved into this kayak fishing world. Uh, thanks to uh, Mike McKenstry, who pretty much was one of the first guys I kind of uh, found out about, you know, that was really into this kayak fishing. And he uh, gave me uh, some connections for, you know, people around me and local uh, anglers that were interested in kayak fishing also. And that was Randy Noon being one of those guys that actually got me involved into the competing part of this whole thing and, and, and doing the, the tournaments and Calcutta's and stuff like that, that he just mentioned he hosted. Um, but after that, I just, it just bursted out of there and I, I started loving it. I got addicted to it. I, I, like him, I started with the Ascend. I had the, uh, the actually, I started off with the 10-foot Ascend, and I went to the, to the 12, uh, 12 feet Ascend, 
And uh, after that, I just got hooked. I wanted a, I wanted a brand new thing. Every year that came out with a brand new kayak, I wanted to get that kayak. <laughs> but then I had to kind of slow down once I started with the uh, Bonafide uh, SS-127. I think Sam uh, was talking about that uh, last time. And that was a remarkable, you know, kayak for me. That was one of the, like, from an ascent to a Bonafide was, like, a tremendous leap. And it was just from a mediocre kayak, which, you know, I have nothing against Ascend, but a mediocre kayak to a professional all-around fisher, fisherman's uh, boat, you know. And then once once that took place, I, uh, I had that for like about a year and a half, then switched over to the native uh, 12. Uh, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> so that was pretty cool because now I have a drive system, and that's one of the things that, uh, there was a little, there was a lot of uh, confusion uh, as far as like what I liked. You know, a lot of people thought that I liked the paddles because I was a really a, a big fan of the old school paddling, which I still am. I still have my bending branches paddles there, and they do come in hand. So once that, I switched over to the pedals, and dude, it was just instant gratification there, bro. Like I fish now more often. Uh, I see myself catching, uh, having the better chances of catching a lot more fish. And enjoying the time a lot, not chasing after these guys that I fish with all the time in KF. So it's 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 really shown a lot. So that's pretty much it for now. I mean, I've, I started my YouTube channel recently. I've gotten really good at social media lately. And I've just been, you know, I've been doing what everybody that, that's in this passion for fishing and, and likes kayaks have been doing. And just hustling, trying to get, trying to make it, man. <laughs> that's right. And I, I, I went the same way from Bonafide 127 to the Native 12 titan 12 and it just you know just being hands-free I, I i wish i had just went pedal first but it's it, it just frees you up you can just can't i mean that there's really if you're fishing somewhere where you can only paddle i get it and rivers streams things like that that's what you have to but if you can go pedal anybody that's listening to this and you're just thinking about getting your first kayak and you want to jump right into it buy the buy the one you want first save up the money and do it or get a used one I would definitely, if you can get a pedal kayak, just do it right out of the, right out of the gate, and don't don't waste your time with a a pedal if you can help it. If you can, if you're fishing water that that lends itself to fishing with pedals, it, just the hands free, it's it's so much easier. That's right. Well, just yeah. just to give you, and sorry to interrupt, but just to give you kind of like a, a what I was thinking as a beginner, you know, for those beginners that are listening, to, you know, to us uh, talking about this. When I was a beginner, and and, I, and I'm a low budget angler, like I I'm I'm not loaded, <laughs> you know what I mean. I work a job and it's it's consistent. But um, when I first started getting into it, like I think that's where I gained all my experience. I think that's a better way to gain experience in in this kayaking world now is because you had to go through it. Like I had to go through the paddling and 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 going for miles trying to keep up with these guys, and it helped tremendously. Now now that I have the the you know the paddles. Um, I'm sorry, the pedals, it, 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 it's it, now, now I can do both things and not have, yeah. and not have to complain about, you know, my trip and how bad it was or anything like that. So you first want to start off. I think you want, my opinion is to start off with a pedal kayak, start from, from there and then move on. You know what I mean? And, and start from get as whatever you can get for the, for the budget, you can get it for it. You know what I mean? For the right budget. So that's my advice. It's, on it's, it's tough too, though, because any kayak you have. I mean, not trying to get into a big debate about kayaks, but the, yeah. <laughs> but any kayaks, you, none of them are perfect. Like 
you have a negative 12, it's great. You do not want to take that on a river. If you have, you know, it's it's the same thing with everything where it's it's like one boat's too heavy, one boat's too light, one ho one boat isn't stable enough. It, you just same way the same way with engineering a car. You can't have a minivan that holds a bunch of stuff that goes really fast. No kayak can do everything. Some are more versatile in the middle, and those are good for a lot of people. But ideally, you can just have like five different kind of boats, and you know, just take out the one that you need at the time. That would be yeah. a perfect world. But yeah. yeah. All right. So let's talk about kayak anglers of Florida. Um, what? Uh, how long have y'all been around? Tell us about the about the club, the tournament, the scene down there. What's going on? So. So kayak angler, so kayak, kayak, excuse me, kayak anglers of Florida has been around for about a year. Um, it started out four years ago as SoFlo KBF, and it kind of built the groundwork and the framework for what we're doing now. And um, it was, I want to say March or May of last year that we decided to make the change to kayak anglers of Florida. And when we made the change to Kayak Anglers of Florida, it, like I said earlier, it went from a local club to a statewide club. We now we, we now will go all over the state. Um, we have anglers from everywhere. It's not just the this, this simple South Florida um, casual angler. These are anglers. I mean, these are anglers that are fishing big tournaments for the KBF, the, the Bass, the Hobie. I mean, these are anglers that are now um, involved in the club that want a trail that's built for them. And so... We got we got together with Will at ICAST last year. We said, you know what, we're just going to make this happen. We're going to do this, and um, we kind of shot in the dark, and we really we ran for it. So from that moment on, from ICAST to last year, and it's almost ICAST this year. For the first three months of this year, we've had three events already, and the first event was 30 anglers. The second event was 24, and this last one was 24, and it's just grown. I mean, it, it's it, is coming on board. We just had three new signups again today for the rest of the year, um, and it's just it's kind of it's kind of taken us by surprise. But at the same time, we expected it to happen. There's been many chances to try something like this in the state of Florida, and it's failed. And um, what we found out is through a lot of organization planning and diligent work. A lot of groundwork, a lot of behind-the-scenes work by all the individuals involved has made this a very successful club so far. And not only that, but the anglers telling their friends, having their anglers come on board. We have, I would say, out of all of them, out of all the anglers, which is right now pushing right around 50 as paid members, I want to say maybe 15 to 20 of those are all new anglers in the industry. So they're brand new learning as we go. So. Yeah, I would say it's been around for seven years, but Kayak Anglers of Florida has been around for a year. And how, how much are your membership fees and the tournaments and all that good stuff? All right, so our membership fee is $40 membership fee for the entire year, and that fee goes straight into the championship. It doesn't go in any other any, anybody's pocket, anything like that. It goes into the championship for the winner, um, the top three positions of those. And then we have our tournament fees, individual monthly fee for the tournament is a one-day tournament for $40. So it's a $40 fee for each event. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started.
And how's the payback work? Do you do it based on how many people are in or top three or? So we do the top three guarantee. We, we decided we were doing that guarantee for every. So it really depends on the numbers. Um, if we have 20 anglers, it will then go by the percentages, something like 50, 30. I can't remember the exact number right off the top of my head, but it's in that, in that range. Um, so we do that. And then if it's for, obviously for anything higher, if we're, we will do, um, uh, if it's 40 anglers, then it'll be the top four spots. If it's 50 anglers, the top five spots, then it will, it will grow and increase from there. Okay, cool. So let's do a little recap of some of the tournaments that you had. First, uh, January 25th, you had one on Okeechobee. That's a lake that's near and dear to my heart. Like you said, had 30 people. But that was a tough tournament because only two people had a, had a full five-fish limit, right? Yeah, that was – Nick can attest for this, and I'm going to let him speak a little bit about it. Um, that morning, we just had two cold fronts come through, and um, it was – we thought it was going to be no wind, and it happened to be super foggy, very dense, very chilly. I mean, it was cold. I was wearing I was wearing a winter jacket, um, getting out of the vehicle and unloading, and we were like, "Oh no, this is not going to work out." And it was probably not until 10 o'clock that it kind of warm up the fog lifted and, and uh, we were able to see. But then after that, if you went if you went one way the winds were just beating you to death and if you went the other way it was dead and um nick can tell a little bit about his story about how that lake was because he was still in his paddle craft at that time so nick give him a little brief heads up for that one yeah so so in 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 a group of everybody that has pedal kayaks i was with my uh, that was the last time i i actually uh uh competed with the bonafide um the okay, wind started like the hell with that. <laughs> so that was <laughs> and to and to even my audience out there, like that was my turning point. That was where I was like, okay, enough of this. I, I respect the hell out of Bonafide and, and what Luther did on that, that boat. And I gotta tell you, that boat is one of the best, I think, as far as a paddle kayak concerned. And I had I was it, I was done. The wind started picking up. We were on one side of the lake. Uh, this is actually Monkey Box. I don't know if you already mentioned it, but this was this is a part of Lake Okeechobee. It's considered top of the line, you know, area for big bass, and that's what my mind was at. My mind was, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in stealth mode. I've got the paddles, you know, I'm gonna be sneaking up to these guys. There's not gonna be any wind, and sure, you know it. It was cold as hell in the morning. Then it started picking up. Uh, the wind started picking up, and it was just crazy. I I, I fell into a little trapped there in a channel where airboats are just coming in and out. And that's one thing, if you're in Lake Okeechobee, know where you're going, have people tell you where you're going, because even with Google Maps, you ain't gonna get out of there if you're if you're stuck in one of these channels that airboats are coming in and out of. And I learned my lesson. <laughs> if I hear airboats or I see airboats, I'm gonna be on the other side of them and not, uh, but anyway, but you know what, my, my curiosity killed the cat there because I was, I was going to this channel. I wasn't seeing anybody go in, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do good here in this channel. Because once that wind starts picking up in Lake Okeechobee, especially, it wasn't that, it wasn't that uh, that I can remember. It wasn't that deep. It was actually very, very uh, shallow. I was saying these guys are in the deep water now. These bass are there, and I, I looked for channels, and it wasn't effective, and I got trapped into a really bad, bad time for me there. <laughs> 
But anyway, that that was pretty much it. I, I mean, I, I got the first, I believe I got the first fish of the day, um, which was cool. But other than that, it was just tough. It was really tough. Yeah, the, the two anglers that pretty much um, got their full bag, one was in the area that we are, but he found deeper water, which is in Monkey Box. And then the other angler decided to go. So we went down the canal. That's how we launched from one spot. Everybody went left, and one angler and his wife went right. And as soon as he went right, he went into the soft, beautiful, it was like the holy land. It was like a, a beautiful haze around him, and he's just having a great time. And he catches all five of his fish within the first hour. He was like, he was on, he was on, he hit the hot spot. And so then after that, his area shut off, and he wasn't, he, he, he caught maybe like one or two fish the rest of the day. But Okeechobee is known for one for monkey box. It's it's got big bass in it. We know it's got big bass in it. Um, you see them on videos. If you see anything from Scott Martin, Scott Martin, he's fishing in that area. Um, the um, everybody had these chances and it, nobody was went. Nobody was pulling anything. And I think I think um, the most fish caught that particular tournament was besides those two with the five and ten. I think altogether, maybe an angler caught two and one. It was so low. It was pathetic. So we were like, oh, please don't let this be the start of our tournament. Don't let it, don't let it be like this. And um, when we left that tournament, it was a good time because the angler grew up, uh, had a great spirits. They had a great time. Um, you know, when you get 30 people out on the water and all these boaters are like, what just happened? They've never seen this many kayaks in the, at a launch. Um, yeah. that, and everybody was awesome. I mean, they were courteous to the boaters. The boaters were courteous to the kayaks. They went around us. They went, we, we gave them right away. We heard them coming. We, we parted like the Red Sea, let them go through. They were very appreciative of that. Um, it was, it, it worked out really, really well. But when you see 30 anglers at, at, at the launch and there's 15 boats stacked up, ready to launch at the same time, you're like, oh, how is this logistically going to work? And it worked. Uh, but it was it was tough. It was tough fishing, but um, not as much as the next tournament after that. Yeah, and mind you, there was like four or five turn boat tournaments, like bass tournaments, in that same area. So it it was it was rough. It was really rough. It's, and uh, Okeechobee is crazy. Like once you get on it, it's like its own world. I mean, it's obvious. You can look at a map, and it's a big giant bowl, and it's a massive lake. But it, I mean, it's it's almost like a, it's, it's almost like going into another world being on Okeechobee. How how just natural it is, and it, it feels untouched and so wild out there. It's it's really a, a getaway from from regular everyday life just to go out on that lake. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those places. Go ahead, Nick. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It's one of those places, like you said, it's a bucket list. You have to hit it. Um, if you get the opportunity to come down here. But Okeechobee can chew you up or spit you out. It can make you a hero, and it can make you a loser in the same tournament. Like, you could be riding high and winning, and then all of a sudden you got three other guys that will come up and behind you and just take you out because they happen to hit the, the next warm spot. So um, you can go out there and skunk. It's, I've done it. I've been yeah. out there many, many times. They do not jump in the boat. I, I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and and that's that's anywhere I've ever been. Like any lake I've ever been on, like the best lakes in the country. It doesn't matter where it is. They're not going. They're just not going to jump in the boat. Every no matter how high your hopes are, 
It never happens. And it seems to be no matter what we're doing, you can get these reports all week long. They're catching massive fish. They're holding all these fish up on Lake Okeechobee on Thursday and Wednesday. And you're like, oh, Friday, Saturday, it'll be awesome. And Saturday, it shuts down. It's like they know exactly what's going to happen on the weekend. And um, Okeechobee is brutal. So if you come down to Okeechobee, fish it during the week. You'll probably have a better day than on the weekend. That's true. I test that, yeah. <laughs> so, so after Okeechobee, your second tournament on February 22nd was uh, that was Lake George on St. John's River, um, and that's only three people had had a limit on that one, and most of them zeroed. So that was, I mean, that's that's Florida fishing, and and you know, late winter, early pre-spawn, it's a front comes through and it just shuts them down. So, but tell us about that tournament. Oh, that that particular tournament um, was the first tournament that we did multi launches because there's not like a big place where we can do a single launch. So we allowed anglers to multi launch. We gave them boundaries um, to um, fish in, and they all did great. They did a great job of staying in the boundaries. But um, the worst thing that happened for us was <laughs> they had like 20, 25 mile, 30 mile per hour gusts go across that water and it was white capping like they were on the ocean um it was probably the worst conditions you could so they were all tucked in canals and housing developments um hugging the border lines um the, the anglers had got anything where the anglers had stayed in the warm hot spring and allowed that warm water to come through and so they were just fishing in there and that was the only place that they were really catching fish. There, there was one of the anglers was catching them down south in the in the the housing complex in the canals. But the bulk of the big fish were definitely caught in the the, the warm springs there, a little waterway leading into um, Lake George. And um, they said it was so bad. There was no cell signal. It was like completely almost nothing um, because of the weather and the cloud coverage. So they were having a hard time submitting fish. Um, it was a, it was it was literally a logistic nightmare. It turned into a nightmare only because Nick, myself, and our other buddy, we didn't even go to that tournament, but Will did, and um, he's like, "This is this is probably like the worst thing that could possibly happen." Was that wind that came in and just beat them up? They were all tired, they were all dead, and they were having a real hard time staying in position, but. Um, the anglers that did catch fish managed to do well. Um, they caught nice sized fish, so they were they were definitely going deep. They were definitely deep. And and that I mean, if maybe that's one that you don't hear about quite as quite as much, but like I think the last two years, the Bassmaster's been there. Um, Rick Clone won last year, and I forget who won this year, but the uh, I mean, it's a beautiful place on the west side and southwest of George. You've got some unbelievable crystal clear springs, a lot of manatee there and south of there, down into past Aster into the, the other little lakes. But uh yeah, I mean that's that's enough and we'll go over all these, but all these are like bucket list fisheries for everybody. And you can and connected to the St. John's is also Red uh Rodman Reservoir. So right. you can go over there and fish that and that's one of the best lakes in the country. That I think it's still more ten plus pounders come out of Rodman than any other lake in the country. Even out of Texas, so yeah. All right, so the third one you had the, and this was the most recent one was the uh, the tournament on Felsmere, and that's something that I want to know more about. I, I hear a lot about Felsmere, Stick Marsh. Can you tell everybody about that? 
All right, so we have we have two pristine areas. So Stig Marsh has been around for a long time, and it's open to boat traffic only on trolling motors. Um, so it's it's a beautiful area. It has beautiful cypress trees. I mean, we're talking about gators that are 12, 14, 15 feet long. Um, they're not babies out there. Um, the fish are healthy and strong in, in Stig Marsh. Now, Fellsmere, which is, happens to be Farm 13, Headwaters, whatever they want to call it now, they're working on making it a public, um, a public area. But right now, it's just fishery, uh, a fishery for kayakers and pedal craft. And what it was, it was an orange orchard that was flooded to make Farm 13. And that Farm 13 is now one of the best, if not better, lakes in the middle of Florida area that produces trophy bass. I mean, it has got massive ones. Two days before our tournament, there was an 11-pounder caught there that looked like easily it could have been a 15-pounder. This fish was huge. Um, so that particular tournament started off um, with the coronavirus and what we're what we're dealing with today. So we had to do a um, a virtual captain's meeting. We had to do a virtual launch, which was really weird. Um, we had to do a virtual check-in, check-out system through Tourney X. Uh, we used Tourney X to judge all the fishes, um, and then we had to do a virtual award ceremony because of everything. We just couldn't be close to each other down here. They were really starting to put down a lot of the uh, constraints on us, and um, but we all wanted to fish. We were like, we needed to fish. It was one of those times you just started hearing so much junk, you needed to get out there. So yeah. with that particular tournament, we had 24 anglers, and we caught over 215 fish. Three of us, three of the anglers were over 100, and then right behind it, nipping on the heels, the fourth and fifth were 99. So, I mean... It, it's one of those yeah. days that you 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 need for your tournament trail. Um, especially yeah, I have, I have the weights right here. It was yeah, 105, 105, 102 and a quarter, 101 and a quarter, 99 and three quarter, and 99 and a half for the top five people. That is insane. Yeah. And you want to know something? Unfortunately, I wasn't there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, it'd be hard to miss that one. I was at home just wishing to be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was it was hot. It was um, stagnant. Um, the bugs were outrageous. Um, it's everything you can expect out of the middle of a marshland in the state of Florida, and it produced so well. I mean, there was everybody caught fish. Um, it was one of those days that everybody was like, "Okay, how many did you catch? How many did you catch?" And everybody pretty much caught their limits and they caught everything from 15s and above and that was um a day on the trail that i think will be always remembered because it was it was hot it didn't matter if you threw a, a chatterbait it didn't matter if you threw a worm it didn't matter if you threw a frog you threw anything in the water and you were able to pull fish out um it was a good day and is it just one launch so so right now there's just one primitive launch. You gotta you gotta take it underneath a gate. You have to go down a bank and you have to launch from the dirt. But within the next few months and within this year, they're they're op opening up a uh, boat launch that is gonna allow boaters and it will be a little bit easier to work in. Obviously, it's still gonna be a no motor zone, so they're not the, the boaters are allowed to go in, but they're gonna be able to use trolling motors. Um, but you know they're still working out all those fine details and still trying to figure out where they're building that ramp. So. 
Um, right now, it's still pristine for kayak anglers and pedal craft. Um, you you got it. If I'm I'm gonna tell you now, if you get any chances to come down and fish Felsmere and you have the opportunity, it's a must. It's a it's a you have to come down and fish Farm 13 um, and and do it from a, a paddle craft. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. And do you have any idea when they're putting in that boat ramp so I know I need to get there before then? You definitely want to get down there before then. I would say it's still in the process. We saw some work equipment and things like that, but it was we didn't even see where they were putting it. Um, you, so they're, they still got a long way to go. Um, it could be a couple months. It could be maybe the end of the year, maybe the beginning of next year. So um, we're, we're banking on hopefully um, it being next year so we can have another event up there. And the uh, and you also had another event, uh, Heroes on the Water event, where you all raised money for them on Ten Tenerock. Can you tell us about that too? Yeah, Tenerock um, Tenerock Fishing with Friends, which is held up in Lakeland at the Tenerock Fish Management Area, is a very unique. It's all rock quarries that have been trans um, trans like transformed. There we go. That's the word I wanted. Transformed into pristine prime fishing lakes. Um, Nicholas and I wouldn't know because we got stuck on a lake that didn't have any of those pristine prime fish, but, um, it was, there's, there's like 30 lakes in the What's that? I managed to get one out of there. Yeah. So you, there, there's like 30 lakes in the area. Um, you have to do a lottery system. So you have to go in, you have to check in, you have to put your name on a lake. Some of these lakes take three anglers. Some of them take 15. That's how big they are. Um, but there are monsters. There's trophy tagged bass in there. So that there's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars won out of those lakes pretty much every other week up there. And, oh, like a, um, if you get a fish with a tag and you, yeah, you yeah. the biologists get it. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's tons cool. of those up there. But for this particular event, we had um, 60-something anglers that met up and we raised almost $3,000 for the Heroes on the Water local chapter. Um, every year we pick a chapter to donate to. So um, I want to say this year went to the Treasure Coast. Next year it's going to go to another another um, chapter. But um, we raised over three thousand, almost three thousand um, dollars between the anglers doing raffles and uh, and fees and other donations. And it was just a great time. We had the local chapter there, so we were able to give them cash in hand, and they were just beyond thankful. And uh, we couldn't be more thankful for what they've done for our country. So it was a small bit to help them. And um, it was a awesome, awesome event just being there. Started out with a group of five people, and it grew to a group of 60 in five, four years. Next year will be our fifth anniversary, and we're doing it again. So if you ever see Tenerock Fishing with Friends on any of our pages, on any of our any of our um uh, Facebook pages or anything, you want to sign up for that tournament because that is a uh, opportunity to really fish some bass. 
Um, Nick, and shout out to John, uh, John Helm for 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 you know helping to to start that event. That that you know that's one of the things when I first start when I met John, I respected him a lot even more with the fact that he's putting on these events and getting a bunch of sponsors to to, to help out with the event. And it, it really is truly a really cool experience for any any skilled uh, you know kayaker out there. It's 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 one to do. I think it's one of those goals that you guys need to to go and uh, and meet us up there. It's, it's cool. Like he said, three thousand dollars, right? It was three thousand dollars we raised, and that's unheard of. I mean, unheard of. So we did pretty good there. Very cool. So and now you've got a bunch of other events coming up, and we'll talk about some of those. And and y'all are really from like one end of Florida, from the south end to the north end. I mean, y- y'all fish all over. The next one is April 18th, and that's on Orange Lake. Where, where's that at? Orange Lake is just a little bit north of Ocala and south of – wait, give me a second. Of, I went blank, Nick. It's south of what? Uh, <laughs> I went blank, too. I, <laughs> I know that it's above Ocala, so yeah. if, if you're Ocala, you're going you're gonna to hit uh, Orange Lake. It's, you can't miss it. It's the biggest lake in that area. So, so if you have Disney – you're probably an hour and a half, maybe two hours away from Disney. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that. That's a good. I think everybody knows where Disney is, kind of in the center. It's it's easy it's, to do it. So. I like it. And then, is that still going on, or are y'all going to do a virtual deal? As of right now, we still got that planned. It's still on a calendar. We're we're still doing it. We will most likely do and adhere to the the um. The rules will most likely do a virtual captain's meeting. We'll do um, virtual launches and check-ins and stuff. But we, we just we, we want to still have the event and get anglers out there. We've got a lot of interest in it already. Um, anglers are coming in I, I, from a lot from up north this time, and that's going to be really exciting to see a lot of those guys. So, yeah, we're still doing it. Um, we're watching very closely what we're doing as a country, but we're still on the – on the hunt and the prowl for some of those big old bass. And now that nobody's able to get out on the water, there's even better chance for us. That's right. And I, I think now more than ever, people, you know, people need to need an outlet, need to get outside, need to, because we're all cooped up inside our houses for so long with working with our kids, whatever it is. It's a, it's nice to be able to get out. And, uh, and really, I, I know I had said this before, but I just want to thank, uh, Tourney X and Dwayne Wiley and them. I mean, they've made this possible for our sport and I angler too. It's not used and y'all don't use it in the clubs. I fish don't use it, but I'm sure it could be used as well. So just having those, because even a lot of regular bass boat guys, they're not able to do the same thing that we are. Or maybe they're going to be making that if they were smart, maybe they'd be doing the same thing using tourney X and going to measuring. But uh, yeah, it's, we're, we're just so fortunate to be able to still be able to do our sport in this time. And uh, yeah, thank you to them and technology. Who who knew technology would do something like this and allow us to do it? I I mean, yeah, I'm sure yeah, he's a uh, they're they're not hurting right now. Yeah, it's definitely awesome to have all those platforms to be able to support what we're doing. And not only that, but being able to use technology now is so much easier than getting a piece of paper and then verifying pics yeah. on a camera or a computer. And it's just so much easier now. And it makes it a lot more enjoyable for the angler. Makes it enjoyable for attorney director and a judge to do the pictures. So again, kudos to Dwayne Wally and Tourney X, I angler, anybody that's getting into this industry that's putting out a platform. Um, 
kudos to them because that's a lot of work, but it is so beneficial for what we do. Yeah, and the the biggest club here in my state, uh, North Alabama Kayak Anglers, the last tournament that I was in, that's the first time they've always done it by camera where you'd bring in, they would look at your pictures, have a couple of different tournament directors look at it, and that was the first time that they had ever used Tourney X, and it worked out great, and now they're going Tourney X for the rest of the year. I, I think they saw the power of it, too, and saw how easy it is and, and everything, so... If any clubs haven't used it before, it's a it's a great time to move over, and they're they're very accepting of people doing that. And I know they worked with my club, and within a week they had them signed up and were ready to go. So yeah, it, it can yeah. be done fast. Too. It's a very good. And, it's a and, very good. And it's funny because if you look on there right now, a lot of the tournaments kind of coming up or have just happened are all Corona, uh, the Corona Classic or the Corona Cup or. <laughs> You know, stuff like there's a lot of Corona stuff going on. Tourney X right now, it's pretty funny. So uh, after after Orange Lake, your next one is May 23rd, and that one's on uh, Lake Kissimmee. So that's right there near Disney World. So yep, real close to Disney, not too far away from it. Yep. And is that a, a which one are y'all going to have that's in conjunction with uh, ICAST? So at ICAST this year, we. <laughs> We're still hoping that ICAST still happens. So um, we are working um, with the area, and we're going to be having um, that Saturday, right after ICAST, we're having a kayak tournament on the Harris Chain. So that oh, the Harris just, Chain. Okay. Yeah. So that is just a little bit, um, little bit east, little just a tad bit north of Orlando. But it's again, it's another pristine area where they've had a lot of tournaments and. A lot of big fish have been caught in there, so um, yeah. that will be a great event. We're hoping to have um, some some guests there that are in new and if not getting into the kayak industry, so that should be fun. Um, big names. Some of those. Uh, what's that? Some big names also are, are really yeah. interested in joining us for that because uh, they, they they hear about the the trail and these guys that they really love, you know, this Florida fishing. They they're going to take advantage of that because. That's one of those things where they're going to plan to do that as an aftermath of ICAST. So that's, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a great it's a great chance to, you know, get out there and fish one of the Florida lakes, um, a Florida destination lake, and at the same time kind of relax from ICAST, from all that stress and go, go, go and everything like that. So um, that, will be, that will be a good time. Okay. So, yeah, that's my fault for jumping ahead. But after the Lake Kissimmee one, which we saw everybody do the 10 down there and the 10 Invitational. Everybody knows how good that can fish. And after that, on June 20th, you have Lake Seminole, which is where the first Hobie BOS was this year, which I never want to go back to that lake, but I hope you all do well there. The, uh, I had a bad time there. But, the, uh, but, yeah, so you have Lake Seminole on June 20th, and then, like you were saying, Harris Chain in July, July 18th. And is there a... Uh, a particular lake that y'all are looking at at keeping the boundaries to or just opening it up to all the lakes? Well, Randy, I, I think um, Randy, uh, he's actually, uh, we started doing that after that second lake, after Lake Okeechobee. We started implementing that because we started noticing all these lakes had a bunch, a bunch of uh, areas where they can launch out of. But as long as we have one area that we could stick to and have a captain's meeting, you know, if once this coronavirus is done and we get out of this virtual reality thing, then uh, we'll go ahead and start doing captain's meeting and then everybody will have their, 
their boundaries and where to where to you know come out. So. Gotcha. And let let me try to. We lost Randy here for a second. Let's see if we can get him back on. Is that somewhere that you've been before, Nicholas? Uh, to to which one exactly? The uh, lake. The Harris chain. The Harris chain. No, uh, most of these most of these lakes are actually first for me. Like these these are bucket lists for myself, and I live here. So, and you know I I live really far south. So the only thing I'm used to is down here in South Florida. The 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 most I've I've fished is Lake Okeechobee. I fished there like maybe I would say five times in my life. I fished there, and that's with kayaks. Uh, but everything else has just been, you know, I I've, I got to fish Lake Toho last year for the first time. Came in second in one of our uh, Calcutta's we have uh, up there. So I did really good there. That was the first time. And then um, uh, I think that's it. I think that was the only one. Lake Kissimmee and then Lake Toho, which is the same, pretty much the same chain. But everything else is new to me. Orange Lake is new. Uh, Salt Springs was pretty new. I, I never fished there. Felsmere, I wish I would have gone, but couldn't. But that's definitely on my bucket list to go there. So, yeah. And the uh, is there? And then August eighth, y'all have the Swanee. Was it Swanee River? Swanee River. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so so Swanee River and all those all those all those areas that up north. Randy has more experience on that, and Will also. They live uh, they live around that area, Lake Lakeland and stuff like that. So they dissected that whole area, and they know it more than I do. I'm still researching the first couple of lakes that are that are starting up now in this in these uh, couple of months. So I've got yeah. I've got a little, little time to research on those. But I've heard really good things about all these all these lakes on this list. I mean, these are just powerhouse lakes that you got here. Oh if yeah. Uh, these are the lakes you want to go to and, and try out. So, I believe it. Yeah. So, so while we've got tissue here, you have to tell. I really want to talk to you about your YouTube channel, man, because I'm a subscriber, right. especially the last video you just posted. Yeah. You're catching a big old lumphead peacock bass. Yeah, man. Man, that's how much fun is that? Oh, dude, it's 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 exciting. It's exciting. Uh. I don't know so much for myself because I'm so used to it. I was raised here, so I, I, my backyard is pretty much peacock and all the exotic fish that you can think of. Um, but yeah, man, every every single person that's has caught a, I don't know if you've seen my YouTube that far, but far back. But uh, I actually had an episode where I brought somebody that fishes the Delta. He lives up in North California, where I used to live, actually. Good friend of mine, and uh, he's doing the bass tournament, like the bass boat tournaments up there. And it was his first time on a kayak, first time catching a peacock, and it was one of his biggest bucket list fish. And if you see that episode, you can see the joy in his face catching those peacocks. And he told me, I've caught muskie, I've caught sea bass, I've caught, uh, what else runs there, salmon, I've caught a bunch of all these big northern game uh, fish, but nothing is like the peacock bass down here, I'm telling you. It fights like a tarpon, fights like a snook, it fights like a redfish, it fights like any saltwater fish you can think of. That's what a peacock bass does. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, 
Have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And do, do people keep them? I mean, do you eat them? Because, um, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess they are an invasive species. I mean, it's not like, you know, like that. I, I, I go out and catch crappie or chocolate, whatever you want to call them. There's some fish I'll go out and catch and I'll eat. And it seems like an invasive peacock bass. Like that's something you'd probably want to eat. Just to try to get them out of there. But uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, they look personally. Delicious. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they they look they they're probably delicious, right? I, I'm sure they're delicious. I mean, even even the bass down here we got are freaking. You you could just tell they're delicious. But I, I I personally never really like eating freshwater fish down here because the water here, yes. Uh, in South Florida, you you don't got a lot of running water unless you're in, you know, canal systems that are that are reached, you know, right on the alongside the the the, the saltwater edge, the, the borders. Um, there, I can tell you, you can eat it and you'll be safe. But I I wouldn't I wouldn't dabble myself eating those fish like in the Everglades and stuff like that because the water there is so stagnant. You know, most of that water is stagnant. It doesn't move a lot and it's just been a i've been scared to eat them to be honest with you. but i'm sure they're good a lot of people here i've heard a lot of the cubans a lot of all the hispanics down here they eat them <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of those things where you say man i fished them and i, I i've enjoyed fishing them for the for all my life pretty much and i've never gotten a chance to eat them i'm that's probably one of the things that i have to try out in one of my videos <laughs> you know it's it's one of the things where like some people think they're you know it's oh it'd be like a trash fish and some people don't like like oh. I, I know back in the day, because I'm from South Mississippi and fish Louisiana, and the uh like for the longest time, redfish were that was a trash fish. Like people yeah. didn't eat them, and then and then everybody got into it, and then they almost decimated the population, and then now they're all back. So yeah, you know they put a limit on it because before you could just there was no limit because nobody was keeping them. Right, right, right. Same idea here with the peacock in the sense that you know, they, obviously they're non-native, they're non-native fish, but they've they've been here for so so long already, so they've been long. Here in the 80s, yeah. that they're considered already part of the ecosystem, and it's been proven through research and 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 all these marine biologists that go out there to research them, they don't really affect so much unless you're on a you live on a pond like a community lake or something like that where they're 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 kind of in one little place. They're not moving around. Uh, that's when you're gonna have an issue. But other than that, they've pretty much bended, uh, binded with 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 the ecosystem down here. So not so much of a problem. The snakeheads, on the other hand, are are a problem. And they the way they managed it was they cut off uh, their tracks in a sense where there's there's a particular place. I think it's uh, I think it's West Palm Beach. You can catch these snakeheads from West Palm Beach down to I would say Pembroke Pines. Uh, which would be Broward, uh, which would be kind of north of, of, of where I live right now. And within that construct, other than that little spot, you're not going to catch snakeheads, which is the weirdest thing. But they've uh, they've figured out a way to keep them locked in there so they don't spread out because those those are the ones you want to be you want to be uh, worried about, you know. 
And pe- people love, I mean, they say, I, I know the people up on Potomac and all that, like, they say that's an excellent eating fish. We we, we yeah. don't have them down here where I live, but, I mean, that's like a thing. People love snake eating snakeheads, so. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that, that's, you know, it's funny you say that because that's one of the things that they actually eat here that everybody knows that they eat here of, and that's the snakeheads. Snakeheads are endorsed. You guys can go out there, kill them, bring them home, and eat them by the Florida Fish and Wildlife, by... Uh, Everyone has said, go out there, kill them, and eat them. But we, as, as a, whenever we do a Calcutta or a Turkey, because we do, you know, part of the Sunshine State Trail that we're going to try to implement for next year is to get different species on board. Like, we, right now, we're, we're particularly focused on bass, but we're going we're gonna to branch out and try to different, different styles. You know, Mayan cichlids that we have down here, too, are, are one of the – you'll catch that before you catch a peacock down here. I, I guarantee you that, that they're more uh, – Basic down here so we're trying we're trying our, our luck to try to get all the species involved in our trail but that's one in particular that we've done snakehead fishing and we let them go we're not the type to 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 kill and, and you know and to and to do what the, what the government's saying but they also have allowed us to to do what we do and you know keep it keep it going so it's been pretty cool cool so how can we find your uh find you online find the uh Kayak Anglers of Florida and find you online. Right. So, so kayak, kayak Anglers of Florida, you can go on Facebook and just, you know, type in kayak, kayak Anglers of Florida. You could either look me up at Nicholas Beltran on Facebook or Randy Newton on Facebook and you, you'll, you'll get a link on it so you can press. Uh, but all that, all that information is going to be on my YouTube channel, on my descriptions. Every description that I got, you probably know about this, uh, Daniel. All the descriptions I got, I try to put everything that I know of, <laughs> all the connections, all the, all the gear that I, that I, that I use. Uh, all the profiles that I'm associated with, I have it on that description. So if anybody has any questions or they want to look for any information on, on behalf of Kayak Anglers of Florida, Tackle Fishing Adventures also is the, the YouTube channel that I have. You can go on there and, and, and you know, take a peek and, and get involved. Well, cool. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about or? uh no man i mean i hope i hope everybody's safe uh i'm a big fan of chad hoover you know i'm a big fan of kayak bass fishing that was the first kind of uh tournament kayaking competitive thing that i ever got involved with was 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 his you know as famous as it is um i've been listening to him lately and he's just i i I feel like what he's been saying lately uh to to keep these athletes and competitors safe uh, we are going to do the same thing as far as our, you know, our trail, everybody safe. You know, there's a limit to where you gotta, you gotta say, Hey, this is stupid. Let me go back home. Cause you're not just affecting yeah. you and, and all the younger, young guys, you know, that are in the, are in the uh, tournaments, but you're affecting the, the older guys. So, you know, just keep that in mind and that this will all pass, you know, and keep fishing tight lines to everybody, you know, <laughs> that's right. Well, we hate we hate we lost Randy, but I definitely appreciate y'all being on show and Sam be back next time and just everybody no stay safe and yeah everybody stay safe out there and have fun and enjoy your family. Try to find something positive out of all this. Maybe it's you know getting to spend more time with your family. Maybe it's thinking about your life in a different way than you did before. I'm I'm sure we're all we're all going to come out of this a little bit differently than what we went into it. So, so thank y'all and. And thanks for listening. Wear your PFDs, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Go check out the website, guys. Paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Also, check out YouTube, 
youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the recycled plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down makes new baits and donates them to various chapters of heroes on the water in wild country rules were not created by man don't miss wild country wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m eastern presented by primos speak the language waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment i'm will cooper and you're listening to hunt stands make your mark podcast on the waypoint podcast network Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.